That was Brett Young with Ticket to LA, and you are listening to the home of student-powered radio, Tune FM on 106.9. And right now, myself and Kim are lucky enough to be joined in the studio by Mr. Aaron Driver. Uh, Aaron Driver started out as a journalist before moving into politics, and he is currently, as of this year, the second a uh, second year uh, teacher of MM110, the Fundamentals of Marketing Unit. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate you sitting down and talking with us. How are you at the moment? I'm well, thanks, mate. Oh, that's, that's good. Pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. So I guess the first question right off the bat is going to be for students that may be starting this unit this trimester or are doing this unit later on because it is as far as somewhere a core unit or especially if you are going into a marketing specific business degree what exactly does your unit teach what do you look at in terms of i guess the marketing world yeah so well it's a, obviously it's a first year unit like you say it's core to a lot of degrees uh the core thing that marketers do if they're doing it well in the 21st century is uh have the empathy and the curiosity to pay attention to people and their problems and their needs and maybe their un- unmet desires mm-hmm. and develop products, services and experiences to uh, to meet those needs. Awesome. So, so when you meet someone's need uh, or solve their problem, you change them a little bit. And when you do that at scale, you change culture. So marketing, when it's done right, is you know, you're a change agent, you're, you're helping change people's lives, change culture. And so we, that's the core thesis of the unit. And we, and from there, we just look at the basics of it. Cool. cool. That's awesome. So um, you were uh, a teacher of marketing in France before starting your own marketing agency here in Australia. What I guess did that, what did those experiences give to you in terms of enhancing the way you may teach here at UNE? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in France, I was teaching at an MBA level, which wow. is quite different to first year marketing. But I guess uh, I spent a lot of years there uh, developing really innovative assessments where we really tax the creativity cool. of the students. Marketing is actually pretty simple. It's not rocket science. The real challenge in marketing is the execution, actually creating and making things. And uh, having such a talented cohort of, of senior students allowed me to really play with innovative assessments which I'm now funneling into this first year unit. Awesome I think that's something that a lot of first year students will relate to and hopefully get a lot out of given that it's such a uh, like you said a very fairly um, not basic unit but a fairly um, uh, a fairly non-complex style of looking at things. Look you know, there's that old Zen, Zen saying, uh, all know the way, but few actually walk it. That's and, a good way of putting it. And, and marketing is a classic example of that. It's, it's pretty simple, but to actually walk the talk and actually do it, that's the challenge. Awesome. Oh, complex. Um, so what's the best thing about your job, would you say? Uh, well, I must say the autonomy is pretty good. So I, I was self-employed for about 20 years, so I was a, a bit nervous about coming into a big institution last year. But we get a ton of freedom as academics. And along with that freedom and autonomy, you're basically spending your days uh, dealing with ideas. So whether you're teaching or researching, you're, you're spending your day grappling with, with ideas, which is a pretty cool way to get, pretty cool thing to get paid for. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Given that obviously um, a lot of students will be potentially first years doing this particular um, unit, what is the one thing that students can do in MM110 to get a better grade? Look. Uh, I say this over and over again uh, in, in lectures, you have to turn up. Yeah, if you want to be educated, you actually have to be present You've got to for your up, education. Of uh, and now on campus, that means turning up to the lecture. Obviously you can catch up on them later, but often you won't. The strongest yeah. correlation between a student that passes is a student that turns up. Of course. If you're online, that means 
setting a 24-hour window every week where you're going to consume that lecture, if, even if you have to do it in different bits over that 24 or 48 hours. But yeah, it's again, it's so simple, but it's hard to do. You've got to turn up. Yeah, of course. And I think it's something that a lot of first years will have had drilled into them over the last yeah. few days, especially right, here at O-Week. It would be a big thing, is it? rock yeah. up to your lectures, turn yeah. up to your lectures turn because... The, it's so danger. It's such a dangerous way of thinking to slip into the mindset of, oh, I'll miss this one and I'll watch it later. It's like, no, yeah. that's a very slippery yeah. slope. You do not want to get into that habit. Yeah, next thing you've got six lectures to watch a week like before your exam. Up, yeah. That yeah, that's be a big task in itself. A very, uh, a very horrific uh, story from uh, sure a lot of exp- uh, students would have experienced. <laughs> so um, apart from uh, that particular um horror story of exam <laughs> preparation. Um, going back to, I guess, your years as a student when you started out as a student at university, what is the one thing you wish you knew when you first, I guess, entered the halls of university as a student? Yeah, I guess uh, uh, looking back on it now, the the person you become, the skills you develop, uh, the habits you, you forge, the identity you forge, the worldviews you shape for yourself, all of these things, uh, of what you bring to the table in a job or in a team as, a, as, a, as someone out there in your career. What you don't bring is a grade you got four years ago. Yeah, unit, 100%. Right? So, I mean, you have to pass, obviously, and yeah. it's better if you do well than if you don't. But it's what you bring to the table right now that matters, yeah. not some grade on a transcript. So I think, I wish I'd known that, you know, focus on yourself and focus on the skills you're learning rather than the specifics of this grade or that grade. No, of course. Yeah. I'd just like to apologise to anyone either listening to this uh, live or on the podcast. There are There is a bit of construction work going on outside, so that's the, uh, that's <laughs> that's the buzzing the noise, noise that you hear. <laughs> um, apologies for that, but it is work that is going on and do. it is necessary work. So We're performing under pressure. Yes, apologies <laughs> for the uh, distraction um, yeah. to you, of course, and apologies to anyone listening who might have been a bit disturbed <laughs> by the noise. So um, just moving on, obviously, again, to your particular unit mm110 what is something that everyone thinks about what you teach that is completely wrong that is completely inaccurate mm. look a lot of people could be forgiven for thinking that market is a sleazy uh, profit hungry people who will just shove any old product down people's throats and in the 20th century that was actually a pretty accurate descriptor of marketers uh, but nowadays there's a thing called the internet and that's yes. the first technology that uh, wasn't invented to make marketers happy. Yeah. And now you can throw up your ad blockers, you can go to your own website, you can go to your own private WhatsApp chats or whatever, yeah. and you can escape marketers. You can escape mass advertising and all this crap that's trying to be forced down your throat. So people probably don't realise that marketing now in the, in, in the 21st century is all about what I was talking about, understanding people's needs and desires and trying to solve those problems. So today to be a marketer you need empathy, you need curiosity, you need creativity. Uh, I wish we'd get more art students uh, yeah. uh, taking marketing because a lot of them don't realise it, but they'll end up in these sorts of roles. Of course. Helping people, yeah. solving people's problems, making things. Uh, but they probably just don't realise it right now that that's what marketing is. Well, there you go. Anybody that might be doing a Bachelor of Arts or an Arts degree here at UNE, if you have an elective unit or an ele- a unit you need to fit in, um, give MM110 a shot. because <laughs> It could surprise you, yeah. And yeah. like you said yourself, it would be a, it would be a, a unit that... Uh, I guess a lot of students could use in later life, given that so many, I guess, so many walks of life and so many different areas of study end up having something to do with marketing down Absolutely, the line. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind for any uh, yeah. potential art students out there. Um, the funny thing is, is that I'm studying a media and communications, but my elective units, I've actually chosen to do marketing yeah, units. Right on. So awesome. It all yeah, fits yeah. into it. And it just seems like even in media and communications, like it's still marketing is present. So. 
I find that quite interesting. Yeah, look, you can't, I did a, a, a communications, Bachelor of Communications for my undergrad, and I came out into journalism, but then I was in politics, then I was running an agency, yeah. then I was doing software development for universities. It's just, you never know where you're going to end up, and, and the skills you learn in marketing are, are really transportable. Yeah. Given, obviously, Kim, you've done yeah. this unit, you can attest to, you oh, can yeah. attest to the... It's definitely an interesting unit, for sure. Um, so what's something that you're passionate about, whether it's like research that you're doing or just like something in general? Oh, look, uh, I guess my research is uh, climate change communications. Wow. So cool. um, I'm just testing and working on ways to tell stories in a way that gets people to act or take climate change more seriously. And particularly, I'm really excited right now about messaging and narrative around a price on carbon. If we can put a price on carbon, it's kind of crazy that you can emit carbon dioxide and destroy the planet and there's no cost yeah. to that. Yeah. But if, you, if, if it costs money to release carbon into the atmosphere, then all of a sudden entrepreneurs can make money by saving that carbon. Exactly. That carbon. So you could unleash business people and entrepreneurs around the planet solving this problem. Yeah. But unfortunately, people are too, too afraid to act on that. So I'm really passionate about that and my research in that area. Uh, Football season's coming up, and I'm a big Roosters fan. <laughs> okay, well, we're, back we're, to okay. Back, baby, so. won't won't hold that against you. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, although no, I can't be bitter. I'm an Eels fan. We don't. We can only dream of the success that the Roosters have been having over the last few years. Well, see, I grew up when the Eels were winning their three straight. There you all go. All my friends were Eels fans, and I was this long-suffering Roosters fan that never won anything. So now I'm getting my own back. Yeah, sadly, yeah. I was. Um, that was well before my time. But uh, <laughs> I live in hope that I'll see them win again one year. Um, yeah. I guess uh, given that uh, that would be such a, a topical and uh, at present issue of uh, uh, climate change communication obviously um people back from uh when we remember back in 2010 when the possibility of a carbon tax was introduced into australia mm -hmm. before unfortunately um being killed off uh, yeah. such is the nature of the uh, political landscape do you think that um that communication around climate change could be improved especially the way that it's i guess discussed in media and the news yeah, absolutely. I think one of the worst things that happened is that the environmental movement got hold of climate change and made it a, a part of their cause. And then, of course, the right and conservatives won't, won't accept anything from greenies. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden it becomes this ideological battle. It's a values battle. It's not about facts. It's about values. So I think the best thing that could have happened is that if we kept ideology out of it, 100%. just a straight resource management issue. Do we want to destroy where we're living or not and it doesn't yeah. have to be ideological unfortunately yeah so much of politics nowadays is uh, ideologies versus actually coming up with policies that could improve the lives of citizens but yeah. we yeah. shan't we shan't political <laughs> we shan't we shan't get too political here we don't want to um we don't want to alienate any students um given that obviously we've seen a lot of things discussed over the last few weeks especially in relation to the drought that's been going on for the past few years and the horrific, horrific bushfire season that we touch wood are coming out of if all things go yeah. to plan yeah. do you think that this uh, the what we've been experiencing especially here in armadale over the last few years do you think that this could potentially encourage people to be more proactive about things we could potentially be doing in the future to combat climate change yeah look the data show that people are at, at at all-time highs in terms of concern and I think recently it was the environment was rated as the most important issue above the economy by a, a majority of voters for the first time ever so yes but then do we get a few wet years and everyone goes back to normal yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're monkeys who climbed out of trees and, and you know, natural selections, yeah. you know, geared us towards instant gratification. Uh, you know, we just got to survive right now and reproduce. That's, yeah. that's how we're wired. Our brains just aren't wired for a challenge like this. So yeah. it's, we're, we're up against our own sort of brain architecture. It's, it's a really tough challenge. No, I think 100%. Obviously, we'll, um, we'll move back into, I guess, university-related topics. We just, um, you mentioned climate change communication. Thought, okay, that seems like an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to be working on. Yeah. yeah, especially I think it would be quite a fascinating area to be studying at the present time, the way that climate change is discussed and the way that communication could be improved around it. Yeah. So what do you personally, as a, I guess, an academic or just in general life, what do you tend to nerd out on at the moment? Uh, yeah, this is my favourite question. I'm, I'm, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since the... Wow. wow! So I'm a I'm a big D and D nerd. That's cool. And I still uh, I still play weekly with all the guys I went to high school with. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So we still get online and play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's my big nerd passion. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Given that um, especially to be playing with a group of people that you were involved with such a very long time ago. It's look, like I play some local games here too. There's a there's a few students in the game I play here locally. It's it's cool. It's fun. But yeah, playing with with your, your oldest and best friends. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, just, it's pretty awesome. But the game in itself is, it's just the best game. Are you the, um, yeah. are you, uh, are you the DM? Yeah. You are? Yeah, awesome. So <laughs> I just get, you know, like, DMing is like a thousand cycles per second in the brain. Yes. Playing is like two. Nope, fair. Like, what have I got to do with the other 998 cycles? <laughs> yeah, for non, so. uh, for non D&D fans, uh, DM stands for Dungeon Master. We That's should it. just, we should just put that out there just yeah. so everyone's clear on what we're talking about. Um, what do you tend to, th- uh, excuse me, what do you think is important in relation to, I guess, for first years going into marketing? What's one thing that maybe you wish you knew when you were first starting out in this particular field? What's something that students could take on board as, I guess, one crucial piece of? Yeah, look, uh, particularly with the assessments that I've been rapidly evolving since starting last year, this, this year's assessments, there are no, and, and, and in future years for anyone who's thinking of taking it, there are no more academic reports with referencing and I'll leave all that stuff to other units. Yeah. In our unit now, you make stuff and create stuff. So we have a, a, a students need to complete a lean canvas where they create a startup idea and actually oh, cool. come up with their own idea. I'm 100% behind that idea personally. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and then they have to do a presentation, a video presentation on their phone. So the big thing is, and I've th- you know, experienced with students in the past is People, whenever you have to create something, there's a lot of fear, right? Yeah. You put yeah, yourself totally. out there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different to writing a, an academic paper. When you yeah. create something, you're saying, here's a part of me. What do you think of it? And there's a lot of fear and anxiety attached with that. So my advice would be, uh, if you're feeling that, everyone feels that. It's totally normal. Yeah, especially with Don't presentation stuff as yeah. well. Like yeah, everyone feels sure. nervous about it. It's yeah. not just like one person. About the only people who don't feel nervous are sociopaths, right? Yeah. So if you're not, <laughs> no. if you're feeling nervous, good news, you're not a sociopath. I was going to say, so anyone that's going into a presentation uh, feeling totally okay, uh, heads up, you might be a sociopath. <laughs> just, uh, just a little warning for you all there. Feeling too confident. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, given that you know you've been around, you've been involved in this particular issue for such a very long time, and you've obviously got a lot of. Uh, expertise in the area of marketing having started your own marketing agency that would give you a lot of I guess first-hand experience do you think that um, do you just I guess to reassure students that have never had any sort of background in marketing have never you know learned the first thing about it do you think that this unit is something that could be picked up on by somebody with absolutely no experience or knowledge of what marketing is yeah absolutely it's um it's a first-year unit 
most people who take this unit on campus are in their first trimester on campus uh, in, their, in their whole degree. Uh, and we're super nice, we're super kind. Awesome. Uh, and we, we have peer me- former students acting as mentors, we have tutors. Uh, this is, if you turn up, you'll almost certainly pass this unit. It's not, you know, you might not get an HD in it, yeah. uh, but look, it's a first year unit and we really take our responsibility seriously of shepherding people in to the university and giving them a good experience first up. That's awesome. I think that's um, it's nice that so many lecturers now have this attitude of, look, this is an introductory unit, so we want people to get comfortable with the idea of studying at university. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, be smacking yeah. them over the head with, you know, <laughs> being too harsh or too many, you know, penalties for slight errors. I think it's good that there's a little bit more of a, I guess, a cushion, at least for, you know, certain first-year units. I think that's quite a good attitude to take, personally. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So given that um, we've you know, spoken at length now about your professional and academic background, we're just going to ask a few lightning round super quick fire questions yeah, now sure. just for people to learn more about the, uh, the person behind the academic gown, as it were. Yep. So first of all, um, what are you at the moment listening to? Not necessarily music. Do you have any audiobooks or podcasts that you're a big fan of at the moment? Yeah, uh, look, I'll, I'll listen to uh, a number of different podcasts, but right now I'm listening to um, a book, okay. a book, uh, The Moral Animal by Robert Wright, basically evolutionary psychology. It's kind of like going over to the dark side. It's all about how, particularly how uh, males and females behave with each other is all related back to natural selection. And a lot of human psychology can be explained through Darwinism. And it's, yeah, sounds it's, fascinating. Yeah, it's it pretty sounds cool. pretty cool. That sounds like an honest. awesome book yeah. to dive into. Yeah, it's good. You know that scene in The Matrix where Neo sees all the zeros and ones streaming? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's kind of like that kind of experience when you read this book. You're wow. Like, oh, that's why everybody acts like that. There you go. Selling it quite well. <laughs> Okay. Um, what is your favorite time in the day? Uh, We're going to start a poll. Yeah, We're okay. going to see what yeah. people say. We had a poll yesterday, <laughs> and at the total score at the end from lecturers was 3-2 in favor of morning. So you're going to kick us off yeah, today. Yeah, so mid-morning. Mid-morning, okay. okay. There we go. Do we have a specific time? Yeah, so around about so my golden hour is 10 to 11.30. Awesome. Oh, They're awesome. We've got a time. specific time. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's awesome. Is there any particular reason? Well, I drop, I've got two young boys, so I drop them off at school and preschool. And I have them all morning by myself, so I get to the office and I can finally decompress and relax, catch up on the news, and normally hit the gym around then. So that's just a good time of the day for me. Yeah. I was going to say it would seem um, obviously balancing um, professional and you know a life with two small children would be rather a, an added level of challenge to I guess <laughs> yeah. any person's morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just magnitudes of order more difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, um, do you just going back to the music for a second? Do you have a favourite song at the moment? Ah, uh, look. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to the soundtrack to Blade Runner 2149 at the moment. That's cool. I like to put stuff on that doesn't distract me from reading or working. No, Uh, I'm saying I get that. Yes, I'm not not a big listener to, you know, popular music. Yeah. Nope, that's totally understandable. I think that's um, that's something (laughs) I think a lot of people would uh, would be agreeing with you on at this present time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So next question, if you had the chance to go to Mars, would you go? Yeah, Mm. for sure. However... A caveat, uh, okay. You've got the radiation <laughs> exposure issue over about nine-month journey. Yeah. So True. I'd like the shielding to be sorted on that. Okay. Or, Fair enough. Or anti-radiation cancer meds. If not, I'd still do it 
later in life when I wouldn't be too bothered if I got cancer. I love the I, lo- okay. I no I love the thought that you put into that the very um, the specific times that you'd be interested in going to avoid cancer. I like it. Actually, the most interesting answer we've had so far. Yeah, on that question, we tend to get you the yes or no answers. So oh, that's yeah, no, I'd, I'd be going, but you know, you want to get it right. You yeah. want to get a few uh, safe. You want to get a few uh, safeguards in place. Well, also, sure. I'm assuming that it's a round trip, right? Or are you guys assuming it's a one way trip? Because that's still an open question. You yeah. know, it doesn't specify in the question, so, so I'm, I'm not gonna, quite sure. I'm going to say you have the opportunity to come back at some point. Yeah, okay. You, you might just be spending a fair amount of time over there first. Yeah, yeah. it's a year each way, right? So yeah, yeah roughly. a three-year trip. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be going. I'd take three years out of my life to go and see Mars. <laughs> so I guess the um, last real question we have, um, unless Kim um, has one for herself that she'd like to ask, would be given that you have such an extensive area knowledge in marketing and you've obviously got a large base of knowledge, is there anywhere that people could find you academically or professionally on social media? Do you have any sort of social media presence? Yeah, look, I'm on Twitter and uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Lots of former students yep. are connected with me on LinkedIn. But I'm not very active on Twitter uh, I don't do Facebook. Uh, I, I use Facebook as a marketer, but I, I loathe the place. Okay. The individual. I think a lot uh, of people would agree with yeah, you there. Yeah, it's, it's incredible for marketers, which yeah. on the same time is really bad for individuals' privacy. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I don't really do much social media. But, yeah, LinkedIn if you want to connect. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I guess we're going to um, say thank you very much for coming and having a chat to us. It's nice to, I think you are the one of the first people we've had who's had a, whose area of teaching is marketing. So it's good for any first year students that are going to be going into this particular topic to learn more about what goes on and learn more about the man behind the, uh, <laughs> behind the unit coordinator status. So thank you so much for talking with us. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Kim and I will be back after a little break. We're going to be talking with another wonderful lecturer. So we're going to play you out with One More Night by Maroon 5. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9, the home of student powered radio.